This is Issue and Interviews with Kieran Michael Lawler on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Issue and Interviews. And now, here's Kieran Michael Lawler. We are back on Issues and Interviews with Kieran Michael Lawler. Great interview today. Great guest. A personal hero of mine. I was talking to Chad Lopez a little while ago. And you know how I got into talk radio? I used to listen to the Yankee game. Yep. I'd fall asleep with the Yankee game on 770. And I would wake up. The radio would still be on, crackling in my house, and you'd be on in the morning back in the right. I'd be 80s. doing a post-post-Yankee game talk if John Sterling would ever shut his mouth <laughs> and get the hell off the air. Yeah, I mean, think of it as a Yankee fan. If you lost the game, who wants to hear the lowlights right. when yeah. there are no highlights? You lost. What are you, a, a human piñata? I mean, so the point was I would come on after doing – the post, post, post game show. And I would have to tell John Sterling during the breaks, would you cut it already? It's over. We <laughs> lost the game. Nobody wants to hear a recap of this. Yeah, there were some lean years, too, in the 80s. Oh, absolutely. Know? Until all of a sudden we came up and we took out the Atlanta Braves after losing games one and two at Yankee Stadium. Went down to Atlanta, the old Fulton Stadium, where they were doing the chop-chop. Yeah, yeah. Remember, we had, at that time, Jimmy Carter, his wife, chop-chop. <laughs> Jane Fonda and Ted Turner, chop-chop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. chop. still together. Yeah. Yeah, that was not, that's not politically correct anymore, I but I, I give them credit. The Atlanta Braves never changed their name. Right, and we were talking a little bit off air. You came up to my house in Fishkill. This is a great story because Joe DiGuardi was running for the United States Senate. Curtis was gracious enough to come headline the fundraiser in my home. I had just moved there. It was a very well-manicured Toll Brothers neighborhood where they have all those homeowners association rules. So Curtis came. He had visited the Newburgh, New York, Guardian Angels, tough city. He had visited the city of Poughkeepsie, Guardian Angels, and he had some Guardian Angels with them in their red jackets, in their red berets. He gave the speech. We raised money for the candidate. And you're not supposed to park on the sidewalks. And everybody's got their cars parked all over the place. And there's guardian angels roaming through this Toll Brothers neighborhood. And my new neighbors were looking at me like, who is this maniac here? And do we have exactly. crime in this What are you, killing our property values? <laughs> Trying to make <laughs> exactly. it seem like we're Camden on the Hutch exactly. in Newburgh exactly. in Orange County? Exactly. But yeah, no. And then Joe D'Aguardio came with his sharpened number two pencils. Yeah, you know, CPA. I'm an accountant. I'm an accountant. Yeah. And at that time, I forget how many children you had. But I had being, three and one on the way. Right. But being a Typical Irish uh, Roman Catholic, you do not believe in birth control. So what are we talking, 13 now, 15? I only have four. We got Netflix. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. All right. (laughs) (laughs) And it's a big anniversary for the Guardian Angels, right? That's what I wanted to talk to you about. 44th anniversary, and we spent it down in the Lower East Side. You probably remember the story of Ray, the candy store owner, 90 years old. He runs it 24-7, yeah. right there off Avenue A in St. Mark's Place, and he got viciously attacked at 3 o'clock in the morning by two mutts and skelts, a black and a white guy. The black guy is emotionally disturbed. The white guy, I can't figure it out. He looks like Santa Claus. Everybody in the neighborhood knows he's Santa Claus. He lives in Tompkins Square Park, but he joined in in the fracas. Luckily, they've both been arrested. Thank God Alvin Bragg actually asked for bail in this case. But Ray took a lick and came back ticking. We gave him a Guardian Angel Award. He actually saved my life in April of 1992 when I was rumbling with the uh, Gottis and Gambinos. First attack against me was with baseball bats, three Gabons. I remember it like it was yesterday. There was Mikey McLaughlin. There was Angelo Ruggiero Jr. And there was Steve Kaplan. Hit me 32 times with Louisville Sluggers. And this guy came out of his candy store. Remember, he's 60 years old at that wow. time, Ray. He wow. does an intervention. He distracted them. 
just a few seconds, gave me a chance to jump over the car, run across the street, climb over the fence, or I probably would have been in a wheelchair, maybe even in a vegetable Ooh. state or dead. So uh, I owe a lot to Ray. And so we returned the favor on our 44th anniversary, and we've begun uh, patrolling the Lower East Side again, where, by the way, there are no cops. There are no cops. Really? We have no cops in our city. We don't have enough cops. And that's true of almost every part of New York State. It's an enormous problem. Enormous problem. And you can't recruit cops. You know, I was talking before about inability to recruit for the military. You can't recruit for cops, especially in New York State and in the in Well, the, the most, most interesting thing, because the Guardian Angels now, we're in 13 countries, 130 wow. cities. And all of them look towards the NYPD as the top shelf, without a doubt, premium police department in the world, no matter wherever we are in the, in the world. But we are so depleted, only 34,000 cops. When Rudy got elected to give this city a badly needed colonic, he had 40,000 to work with. Wow. That's 6,000 differential. And it doesn't show any signs of improving. Recently, 10,000 of the police officers of the NYPD took the sergeant's test at Jacob Javits Center. And there were recruiters from 46 cities like buzzards and vultures outside wow. waiting for the men and women to finish their test yeah. and offer them really great deals. Right. Bonuses, sure. moving expense. They'll put you up in a house for the first six months and then help you find a place of your own promotional what, like opportunities. What Norfolk, Virginia was out wow. there first and foremost. But you even have Aurora, Colorado, which wow. is right next to Denver. You can just click off all the cities because they understand. It costs $100,000 to recruit, train, and vet and graduate a candidate to be an NYPD police officer from the new academy in College Point. So let's say three years, they, they, they get a little uh, maturation, a little seasoning. Then these other... Yeah municipalities sure. come in, sweep in, and start picking them off. Right. This is what capitalism is yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And we can't react. This mayor here, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, he can't react. And obviously, Kathy Crime Wave Holcomb, the last priority on her list is public safety and hiring 100%. cops. And if you notice, the exodus continues. When she was running for governor, hey, all of you, you don't, you support Trump. You support, he, she even threw Malinaro in there, right? You support <laughs> Zeldin. Get on a bus and leave. Get out of here. Go to Florida. Go with the center. Yeah. Well, guess what? They continue to do that. You can't reel that back. Once you, it started with Andrew Cuomo. He said, leave. It started with Eric Adams, who said, hey, you from Iowa? Right, you from right. Iowa? Oh, Ohio? Go back to where you from. And now Kathy Crimewave Holcomb. And then all of a sudden, they wonder, wow, the exodus continues. Please stay. Please stay. Too bad you already put, put out, you basically took the whole premise of improve, don't move away from a lot of people who might have stayed because you basically said you're unwanted. You're an ingrate. Get the hell out of here. Right. Meanwhile, they're, they're welcoming illegals every day, or they were for a little yeah. while. Oh, until not not, not only problem. welcome them, I give them a get, sweetheart deal. I want to get to this in a second. We're joined by Curtis Lewa, Guardian Angels founder, radio legend on issues and interviews with Kieran Michael Lawler. You mentioned you literally did battle with the Gambinos. I know they beat you at the baseball bat. Those three guys, are they still alive or incarcerated? Yeah, they, they were at the trial. They were like in the peanut gallery because the more serious charge was against their boss, John Gotti Jr., who was following on the orders of his father at the time, John Gotti Sr., to whack me. And that led to me being shot five times with hollow-point bullets just two months later, June right. 19th of 1992, and I was wow. able to survive that. And they were in the peanut gallery. They weren't even charged for that. The FBI said, 
well, we don't want to give up our confidential informant because then that guy would wow. have to uh, testify against these three. I said, excuse me. I can say the FBI exists not to protect me. You're there for yourselves, not to protect people. And, boy, I became very jaundiced against the FBI at that point. I think you're ahead of your time because five, six, seven, eight years ago, I would have thought the FBI, premier law enforcement agency. But now, the last five years, everything's gone down with, with Trump and, and uh, a number of other things related to the FBI and politicalization. You were ahead of your time on that. What was the problem? They wouldn't prosecute them? I mean, No, they, they knew who was responsible for the planning and the attack against me. They had all the documentary evidence. But it would have required them giving up a confidential informer within the Gambino crime family who was feeding them information and putting him on a witness stand. But isn't that what he's for? To, to, to prosecute, prosecute Gambino? Of course, but they felt that I was not, you were not big enough fish. I was not worthy enough. Ooh, In fact, the United States Attorney's Office, Southern District, went to court to put a gag order on me so that I could not talk about this on the radio or anywhere else before, during, and after the four federal trials charging John Gotti Jr. with the kidnap and attempted murder of me. Now, that wasn't Rudy as a U.S. attorney. That no, no. If it was else. Rudy, Rudy would have been there side by side. Who was it, me. Abrams? Uh, man, it was a guy named Garcia at the time, and even Comey at the end. Comey, before he went oh, on, yeah, yeah. yeah, eventually went on to He's become, as you know, the yeah. FBI director yeah. hiding behind the drapes, as yeah. he mentioned, when he was in the White House with Trump. What a sleazeball. It's interesting because you know the real organized crime. Italian organized oh, crime, yeah. La Cosa Nocia. I watch the movies. I love the movies. I'm, I want to go to Queens and hang out with Henry Hill and those guys. But you know, the, what's what's the attraction uh, of the mafia to a kid today? They all end up in jail or dead or on drugs and their families are over. Are people still going into the Italian mafia? No, no, because A, they're finding it very difficult to get any generation of Italians. They prefer to deal with their own, but they'll take whoever they can get nowadays. And also, we have become vice land in New York State. We have gambling. <laughs> Yeah, right. We sell pot now. We put them out of business. We put them out of right. business. Next is going to be prostitution. Yeah, yeah. So everything they make money on, we're taking away from them. FanDuel, you know, where you yeah. can place your bets. And yet, even though they're able to eke out a little money, they don't have the run of the table like they used to have when everything was illegal. Now, I got a problem with we're subsidizing our government on vice. It's really with the yeah. flight of the wealthy, with the flight of businesses, with the flight of the middle class, we're now depending on more casinos, more gambling, legal weed, soon prostitution. You might as well rename New York Viceland because that's how we're going to be raising our revenue. Have you seen a big difference in the streets since weed became legal? I know oh, yeah. Well, first off, we're always a dollar short and a day late. you got a black market that has existed right. back since the 60s, since Woodstock. And they have done home deliveries. They let you sample new product. They give you credit. <laughs> you know, it's like wimpy. Uh, you know, Do they run your credit? Do they ding your credit score? Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> if you're a good customer, they say, uh, we understand you've been laid off. All right, no problem. And they, they, they keep a little diary, right? And they don't send anybody over to bend your leg and stuff it in your pocket like organized crime right. if you don't pay the big. And more importantly, you don't have to show ID. A lot of people, they just don't want to show ID when they go to these legal weed stores. Whatever the reason, they have an aversion to, they think maybe the government is keeping track of them. They don't do any of that. Plus, they do home deliveries, and they've been doing that for years. Wow. So they've had a jump. And the first three legal weed locations in New York City are all in the same neighborhood, Greenwich Village. Excuse me. 
is an oversaturation. The black right. market already controls it. They, they deal in the parks. They deal in these pop-up shops. And, you know, law enforcement says, oh, we're going to shut you down. And then they're toothless tigers. All they do is issue tickets. And they're more than happy to pay tickets. It's the price of doing business. Is it a lot more expensive at the legit pot shop? Oh, the yeah. the uh, And that's true in every state. So go to the two main states that is synonymous with legal uh, weed, Colorado and California. They tax it so incredibly that they basically allow a black market to uh, prosper because they don't have to charge taxes. So in New York State, we're charging 13.5%. Excuse me, the regular sales tax down here in New York between the city and the state is 8.5%. 13%. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. I mean, and then plus the price of the weed is higher than what you buy in the street. And it has to be New York product. So it has to be weed you grow in New York. Now, nobody out there who smokes pot thinks of New York the same way you would as wine. You know, right, you right, okay, right. Yeah, Long yeah, Island, yeah, upstate yeah, yeah. wine. Weed? No, you think California, Humboldt County, Emerald, the Emerald Triangle. You think Mexico. You think other places. Now, the black market dealers, they give you what you want. And remember, a lot of these pot smokers are connoisseurs. They've been doing this for years. New York State licensed weed places, they double the charge for the product you're buying. And then it has to be limited to product that is manufactured only from New York State growers who are not considered premium right. pot growers. And they have project labor agreements. They're, they're unionized pot shops. Oh, that, absolutely. That's part of the law. The overhead. <laughs> and they're giving it to people who have had problems before, who are felons. You that's say the yourself, priority. Yeah, that's right, the you priority. say to yourself, now wait a second. It's going to be a tough business in retail because you're competing with a black market that has uh, already captured most of the market. And you're going to leave it to novices, people who have never been in business before. How are they going to make ends meet? They got to hire workers. Right. They got to pay workers' compensation, the minimum wage, all of that. I have a feeling we're going to have to end up subsidizing this industry in New York State, the legal weed industry, instead of it providing money hand over fist to us. That's exactly what happened with the upstate casinos. They were supposed to be these great economic engines in depressed areas, and they ended up being subsidized by New York State. Yeah, it makes no sense whatsoever. So that's why I'm calling New York State vice land. Whatever vice we can legalize and tax that's the way we're going to subsidize the budget. That's scary. That is scary. If New York State opened a funeral home, nobody would die. That's, that's, the, kind of, that's the kind of business people they are, you know? Well, it used to be you went to Florida to die. No more. Remember? Okay, yeah, you're going yeah, to Florida yeah, yeah. to die. That used to be the running joke. No more. People are leaving often, and they're leaving early on in their sure. lives, and they're establishing new lives, and it's freedom land. DeSantis has created freedom land yeah. compared to us. Uh, we call New York State, New York City, Lockdown Central. Uh, basically, government controls every part of your life. And in Florida, they've set the trend with DeSantis, said no, as little government as possible. Speaking of DeSantis, what are your thoughts on 2024? Who do you like? Oh, I like DeSantis. And yeah. I know Trump wants to be the only guy in the sandbox, but hey, grow up. You right, know, you, right. you, you ran against like 17 people in 2016. <laughs> right, right, right. You're not, this is not a coronation. Yeah. You're going to have a challenge. 
The problem for everyone, anyone challenging in DeSantis, one-on-one, he probably beats Trump. But with maybe nine, ten other candidates, they take away from right. the vote, and Trump could come out with the nomination. Again. I think Nikki Haley just got in, or she's about to get Nikki in. Nikki Haley will get in. Scott what if, may what get in. What do you think of her, Nikki Haley? Uh, don't really. Uh, she doesn't float my boat. Okay. Uh, I don't see anything that she's done that would say to me, wow, it's a potential right. good presidential, right. maybe vice president. Tim Scott, again, you know he's been already preparing the way. And sure. then, of course, you got Shabu El Jefe, ah, Chris Christie, always pretending. Uh, he's like a beached whale who's come ashore. You know, every Sunday morning with Stephanopoulos, he attacks uh, Trump. But other than that, I have a feeling that quite a few people are going to run. Remember, they got nothing to lose. They right. could always drop out early on and improve their name sure. recognition. Look at look at Mayor Pete. He's the Secretary of Transportation. Buttigieg, 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 right. <laughs> Little Mayor of South Bend. Look at Trains Andrew. are crashing. Planes are crashing. He's the Transportation right. Secretary. Andrew Yang. Nobody knew yeah. Andrew Yang. He yeah. dropped out early, Forgot and then all of a sudden, wow, yeah. Andrew Yang almost ran for, almost became mayor of the city of New York, but got knocked out of the Democratic primary by Eric Adams. Talking about the presidential election, it was really illegal immigration that put Trump on top. But you broke a little news recently related to illegal immigration yeah, in New on, York and back Canada. Back on February 1st, I went down to the Watson Hotel, which is right along Billionaire's Road. And they had the advocates out there on behalf of the illegals saying, hey, we've got $40 million empty condos on 57. We should be in there. We're not going to no freaking Cunard Line uh, terminal in Red Hook. A thousand cots, dormitory style uh, uh, housing, you know, with uh, Kathy Lee Gifford coming in and maybe entertaining (laughs) them about a Carnival Cruise Line. So they revolted. And so the city. Sat down with them and negotiated. They won't acknowledge this. And they said, right? tell you what, oh, yeah, because it, remember, it looked bad. Here were all these illegal aliens yeah, yeah. screaming, yelling, hollering. So Eric Adams' administration said, I tell you what, and this has been done before by all administrations. We'll give you a one-way ticket. Going to send you up to Plattsburgh. Yeah. From there, it's 40 miles to Quebec, Roxham Road, which had started becoming a a crossover area for illegals during the Trump administration. But now it's really ratcheted up. So I'll tell you what, we'll give you the tickets to Catholic Charities, which has become nothing more than a racket, a syndicate uh, for the Catholic Church to put actually Roman Catholics in church on Sunday. For the English-speaking mass, you can roll a Brunswick bowling ball through and not hit anybody. And then the Spanish-speaking mass is packed to the rafters. So they're bringing them in. Notice, they're not asking for Ukrainians to come in because, oh, what are Ukrainians? They're Eastern Orthodox, either following the Russian Orthodox Church or the Greek Orthodox Church, or they're Jews. You don't see Catholic charities. That's a very good point. And remember, out of any group, they're war refugees. Yeah. They're entitled to asylum. Right. Plus, they can assimilate a lot quicker. And yet, you don't see them bringing them. But they bring in anybody from Central America, uh, Mexico, South America, the Caribbean, because a lot of them are Catholics. The Dominican Republic, Haiti. They want more people in, in the uh, pews. Unfortunately, the federal tax dollar subsidized all of that. So they have this cabal with Eric Adams. Okay, you don't want to stay here. We'll send you to Montreal, but you got to go down Roxham Road. And the RCMP are going to arrest you. 
Uh, but the sanctuary and the benefits of Trudeau Jr. there are even more generous than wow. here. So they all make the trek up there. They all cross over. The RCMP Dudley Do-Right said, you do realize you're going to be arrested. And they put their hands out. They already know the procedures. And then all of a sudden, they're now starting to come back because we've given them so much choice. Concierge service. Yeah. We've shuttled them around. Too much snow. It's a little bit too cold. Hey, go back to your freaking country of origin. Get out of my country. How do you think that's going to end? Are they going to go back? Are people like Adams going to become border hawks? Like, what, what, no, what's no, because happen? remember, this is the old Tammany Hall situation. They will always uh, be indebted to the Democratic Party till the day they die. My grandfather, Fidelo Bianchino, on my Italian side, yeah. my mother's side, always loved the Democrats. Couldn't speak a word of English. He went for a citizenship test, which was 10 questions from a federal judge appointed by FDR. He answered them all, Roosevelt, Roosevelt, Roosevelt. <laughs> the FDR-appointed federal judge said, Mr. Bianchino, welcome. You are a citizen of America. He hated Republicans because he believed the reason he was able to come and become a citizen was the Democrats. So all these Venezuelans, Nicaraguans, Cubans, Haitians, they will be so grateful to the Democrats. They'll tell their children, oh, you'd vote only one way, right. Democrats. That's what they're banking on. Right. That's what they're banking on. We have to wrap up here, but I'll tell you a very quick story. My grandfather, Pat Finnegan, my mother's father, came from Ireland, had a grocery store in the Bronx, across from Union Hospital in the Bronx. He was the rare Irish Catholic Republican in the 40s and 50s. The local Democrats, and he was a pretty educated guy, ran his own grocery store. They gave him a literacy test in the United States in the 40s. They gave the only Republican in the neighborhood a literacy test. Well, this before your time, but the two Bronx uh, honchos in charge of the corrupt Bronx Democratic machine in the 60s was Buckley, followed by Cunningham. That's ah, when the Irish yeah. ruled. <laughs> you're right. You're and right. that's how Patrick Moynihan became U.S. Senator. Yeah. Tell you a great story real quick. Sure, sure. Here's Patrick Moynihan. You know, he's an elitist. Uh, he was yeah, an academic. Professor, yeah. He wasn't into busting his shoes, you know, yeah. doing retail politics. So they, Buckley says to Cunningham, where's Moynihan? Oh, well, he's probably in the nearest gin mill. It's 11 o'clock in the morning. And there was Daniel Patrick Moynihan, half in the bag. Yeah. He gave the speech. He slurred the speech. But, oh, he's an academic. Uh, he's Irish. And he went on to victory. Right, right, until wow. Hillary Rodham Clinton came up with her racketeers and hillbillies from uh, Little Rock and set up in the whitest suburb, richest whitest suburb in America, Chappaqua. Yeah, there you go. Pat Finnegan, my grandfather in 1960, didn't vote for Kennedy. Voted for Mickey Mouse because he didn't like Nixon either. And we're going to have to leave it right there on Issues and Interviews with Kieran Michael Lawler, Curtis Lewa, the legend. Thanks so much for your time and your insights. That was outstanding. Be back next time for the next edition of Issues and Interviews with Kieran Michael Lawler.